I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away, it's a damn shame, what the world's gotten to, for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up, and it not be true, but it is. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting for us. Look out for uh, I just find it, um, not just I don't miners know how to express on it. And then, Lord, then, we and, got and, folks in the street, got, ain't got here, nothing to eat, and we whole beast milk and welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, cause all this is keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men know you do and then I don't think you know but I know that you do cause your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end cause the rich men north the rich men Selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. Oh, lawmakers unveil $1.7 trillion bill to avoid shutdown, boost Ukraine AP, AP news. Congressional leaders unveiled a government-wide $1.7 trillion spending package. Tuesday, that includes another large round of aid to Ukraine, nearly a 10% boost in defense spending, and roughly, four, it says $40 billion, it's $46 billion, mostly to assist communities across the country recovering from drought, hurricane, and other natural disasters. I think we're over $120 billion right now given to Ukraine. The bill, which runs for 4,155 pages, includes $772 billion for non-defense discretionary program and 855, 858 for defense. The spending package includes $45 billion in emergency assistance to Ukraine. It would be the biggest American infusion of assistance yet to Ukraine, above even President Biden's $37 billion 
emergency requests and ensure that funds flows to the war effort for months to come. Legislation also includes historic revisions to federal uh, election law that aim any future president's candidates from trying to overturn. By the way, here's an interesting number to give to you guys. Uh, what a portion of the number went to. When I tell you this, I don't know how you're going to react to it. I thought I was a little bit surprised <sighs> by this number. Here's what it was. Here's what it was. $2.6 billion went to U.S. attorneys for January 6th attack prosecution. How much? $2.6 billion. Billion. Billion dollars. Trump's net worth. Un- Let me say that one more time. Do you hear what I said? Billion or million? No, no. Billion. $2.6 bill- By the way, if you're like, let me not say this. No, I believe So you. people are thinking like, so uh, $2.6 billion just went to lawyers, okay? Let me give you this uh, uh, CNN article. Just go to CNN article. That says the 1.7 trillion. Just type in 1.7 trillion, 1.7 trillion CNN. Go to the first article that says here's what's in the one. There you go. So keep going lower. Just so everybody knows what the story's coming from. Go lower, 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 lower. Right around there. If you can zoom in a little bit, if you can zoom in a little Funding, bit. What? Do you see it or no? 2.6. The billion. bill will provide 2.6 billion dollars for U.S. attorneys, Jeez. which would include funding efforts to the further support prosecutions. Related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol and domestic time, $2.6 billion in legal fees. Jesus Christ. I mean, am I the only one that reads this and says, what the? Okay, so let's break the. Do you know how many, how many lawyers you would have to give $2.6 million in fees for this? Let's do the math. Hourly, okay. What's $2.6 billion? Divided by say a thousand, do, take say they find a thousand names that they're going to do you prosecute. Real, do, they're going to be giving a thousand lawyers two point six million dollars. A thousand, that's it. A thousand lawyers are going to get two point six million dollars. What are we talking about? And, and by the way, by the way, this is prosecution, not defense. Defense is what expenses. Prosecution, you build an indictment and you put it on the table. Yeah. Uh, by the way, another eleven point three billion goes to the FBI. Okay, yeah, another 11 the wor- point. The worst. 39 billion goes to the Justice Department. So, I mean, they're just, and then they're doing a ban on TikTok. A couple things they had didn't make it in there, but Ukraine gets another 40-some billion dollars. What are your thoughts on this, Adam, with this $1.7 trillion bill? Um, Everything you hear on this podcast episode is non-commercial, fair use, creative commons license. So we clear. Welcome back to episode 197 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today we're going to dig into a real timely and meaty topic that is just ubiquitous everywhere you look in today's modern world. In the United States, everywhere you see it. And what we're going to talk about today, we're going to listen to an interview by G. Edward Griffith, who was the author of the book that exposed the Federal Reserve Bank and the IRS, and that book is The Creature from Jekyll Island. Those of you who've been around, you know who Jedward Griffith is, and you know the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. So, circa 1984, Jedward Griffith, uh, I guess he had a TV show or conducted some interviews, but he, he interviewed a former KGB agent from Russia who defected to the United States by the name of Yuri Bezmenov. He was a high-level KGB agent. And uh, he he came over to uh, the United States for freedom, you know, to defect from the Soviet Union. That's why, as you're listening to the interview, he'll make references to Reagan, and uh, you know, just way back from the '80s, you know, information. So, but 
even though it was uh, conducted, this interview was conducted in 1984, it is so incredibly timely. It is exactly what we see taking place right now all around us. And in this interview, Yuri Bezmenov outlines the four stages of this Cold War that we're in. Because as, as he states in the interview, people don't realize it, but we are actually at war right now. Yes, it's a Cold War, but we're literally at war and people are not aware of it. And what the four stages of what, what he labels ideological subversion, or better known as psychological warfare, are as follows. Stage one is the demoralization of a country or a population or a people. And this demoralization, he says, it takes anywhere from 15 to 20 years to complete, because that's about how much time it takes to educate one generation of students. So that's stage one. Stage two is the destabilization of a nation or a country, just destabilizing it, which once it's been demoralized, it takes an additional two to five years to destabilize that country as a result of the fact that it's been demoralized and the people have no footing and no direction and they're just easily, you know, easily led and pushed around to, to do whatever the uh, ruling class wants them to do. Because understand one thing, when you get into school, people don't understand, when, when you talk about communism or socialism or whatever, really what it does is it completely wipes out the middle class. You have your ruling class, your elites, your oligarchy of the government, and then you have everybody else. Okay, so be clear on that. This is really what the goal of it is. Yeah, they talk about you know, equity and human rights and gender equality and everything like that. But what it is, is it's to separate everybody from one another, to demoralize you so that they can put in phase two, which is the destabilization, as I said, which takes two to five years. So stage two is destabilization. Stage three is the crisis mode. That can take anywhere from four to five weeks. And let's say, for example, and what we see happening right now, they might do some kind of ARPA or DARPA, some kind of thing where they project holograms of aliens invading us and they'll shoot down some directed energy weapons down from whatever satellite they do. And they say that it's the, the demonic invasion of the earth and that, you know, we have to all group together so that we can fight the devil in the sky, you know, and it's mind control, you know, once, once you're to that point, you know, you create this crisis, it could take four to five weeks, even less to put people under this kind of control. So that's uh, stage three, which is crisis. Stage four is what's known as the normalization period. And Yuri speaks about this on in the interview, but I'm just kind of outlining it so you'll you know anticipate as it comes up. And I just took my little show notes. So stage four is normalization. And that can last indefinitely. And basically what the normalization uh, is is when you see the tanks literally rolling down Main Street in your new 15-minute city. So something to really pay clo very close attention to. So I'm going to play these clips, I believe four clips that I have, and uh, we'll, we're going to get into it right now. So let's check it out. I do believe in good and evil. Yuri Bezmenov. Have you ever watched Yuri Bezmenov videos? The ex-KGB? I've defector? watched a couple. 
Okay, he talks about ideological subversion. He talks about the steps of it. Let's divide these guys up every which way possible. And then let's start picking them apart. Let's start turning them against each other. For me, the, the biggest concern is just the cultural depravity, the, the cultural rot, destruction, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, because, you know, it's like, uh, what, you know, I'm in, I'm in politics, but Andrew Breitbart said it a long time ago, he said, politics is always downstream of culture. So you often won't see anything. You won't often see legislation or any bills floating around Congress until years after it's been bouncing around in culture, right? Media, entertainment, um, et cetera, and just people's day-to-day lives. And that's, uh, and, and because I'm a Christian and because I, I read the Bible, I, you know, I do, I do believe in good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this stuff I see, you know, I just, I have no other context for it than, you know, this stuff is, this stuff is wrong. This stuff is wicked. Um, and even, you know, even when I talk about culture, not all, you know, and, and a lot of it, you know, to me has a, you know, a spiritual foundation, right? And then a lot of the stuff that we see in the headlines are just manifestations or a byproduct of that, you know, the, the spiritual side of things. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, what are you talking about? You're, cra- you're crazy. That's okay. Um, I don't need everybody, I don't need to, for everybody to believe everything or agree with everything I say. I'm just going to tell people what I, what I really think. Um, but even outside of the, you know, the spiritual aspect of our cultural unraveling, um, there's also the, the cultural side, um, like the totalitarian bent, the communist bent, the socialist bent within our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you go... Like if if your viewers go um, start studying up on cultural Marxism, right? If if they go start watching Yuri Yuri Bezmenov, have you ever watched Yuri Bezmenov videos? The XKGB. I've defector? watched a couple. Okay, he talks about ideological subversion. He talks about the steps of it, how long it takes. You know, <clears throat> um, I believe that a lot of you know a lot of what's going on in America right now. It's the it's the old basic a house divided cannot stand mm-hmm. right let's let's divide these guys up every which way possible and then and then let's start picking them apart let's start mm-hmm. turning them against each other and that's what I see that's what I see I think that's the biggest problem because I think that if we were more united as Americans and less divided I think that there's nothing that we couldn't that we couldn't overcome or defeat. But because we've fallen prey to some of this, you know, this cultural Marxism, and there are a bunch of, there are several words for it. Um, you know, that's, you know, I think that's one of the most, um, at least in my opinion, accurate depictions of it. Um, there's a guy named uh, Dr. Vody Bakum. He doesn't look anything like me. He's, big black preacher um, was going to play pro football, but then, uh, you know, he, he got influenced and ended up going into ministry. 
went to like uh, Oxford, a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, very impressive schools, very impressive resume. And he, he's actually one of the few preachers that I've heard talk about cultural issues. And uh, in, in one of the interviews I heard him give, he talked about how he was invited on CNN one time when Obama was president. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked him, do you think the country, now that there's a, you know, finally a black president, do you think the, the, the culture is going to be more united? And he said, absolutely not. And they were blown away because he's a black guy. And he's like, because Barack Obama um, is a cultural Marxist, like many of his teachers before him. And he, I think he mentioned Jeremiah Wright, one of the pastors that Obama sat under for a long time. And so when you, when you, start, to, when you start to look at Marxism, um, traditional Marxism, they divide us up by economics, the haves, the have-nots the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, right? And they try and divide us up based on he, the, the rich and the poor. That didn't work here in the West because of capitalism. And even the guy that was considered, you know, low, you know lower or middle class felt like, hey, I'm doing okay, man. I can, yeah. you know, I can buy a house. I can buy a car if I, if I make wise choices and I can provide for my family. I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, so that... Traditional Marxism didn't work here in the U.S. What has worked is cultural Marxism. So you start, you just start manipulating the ingredients, right? You take the economics out of it, and that's still there a little bit, but it's not, it's not really as effective. You'll see little doses of it here and there, but what you'll really see with cultural Marxism is you start making it about dividing us up via race and ethnicity. Boom. Now we got them. Sexuality. Uh, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Exactly. And just right in, and you can go really deep into this. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of folks that talk about this, you know, Ben Shapiro talk about it, intersectionality, Charlie, you know, Charlie Kirk's there's, you, you can go listen to a bunch of, you know, this cultural division and its origins from many different people. And I've listened to a, a bunch of it, but that's my that's one of my biggest concerns because I know that that's even in the military, that's one of the, you know, the tactics that we use divide and conquer, right? Split them up. Yeah. And then they're easier, they're easier to attack. I mean, I've talked about this several times and, and, and the thing that I can't ever get to the bottom of is where is this shit coming from? I mean, cause you're right. It's, 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 it's right versus left. It's rich versus poor. It's black versus white. It's it's gay and not gay, trans and not trans. I mean, it it there's more. I, I can't. I just can't think of them all. But it's it's native it's born, native born, foreign born. Yep. You know, uh, there there's you know there's so there's so many ways that you can divide us up, and that's that's what that's what's being done to our culture, um, and it's you know it, it's like I said, I think it's besides the, the 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 spiritual rot which i think is the foundation of it all um you know where's this shit coming from is so, this yeah is this from foreign influence here well you spoke several times before about ideological subversion that is a phrase that uh, i'm afraid some americans don't fully understand 
when uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of, of, of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of it intelligence at all. According to my uh, opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result? The result you can see. Most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind. Even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of, uh, United States society. And yet these people who've been programmed and, as you say, in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm -hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, Obviously, they will revolt. They they, they will uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people, 
And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they obviously they will join the links of dissenters, mm -hmm. dissidents. Yes. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can you can get. Uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. This they don't understand and uh, it will be greatest shock for them, of course. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, Actually, it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. So basically, America is stuck with, with demoralization. And unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal, no, normalcy and... and uh, Patriotism. Yuri just nails it right here with the whole demoralization because if you're looking right now at our elementary schools where they're trying to reassign genders to, I don't know, five or six year olds and gender reassignment surgery and hormone blockers and such and just everything that's taking place right now. It's, and again, I don't want to be repetitive and keep going over the same points, but I mean, you see it here in front of you. And interestingly enough, he mentions in here, I don't know if he puts it as cognitive dissonance, but he says that once a person is in this demoralized state and through the education system, you know, 15 or 20 years, you can't, if you show it to them, poke, poke them with a stick right in front and say, look, look at this. They're not going to recognize it and they're not going to realize it because of the fact that they're not doing their own thinking. The only thing that is the prime mover in their whole life paradigm is that subconscious mind rerunning that same script of the indoctrination and the demoralization. When a person has no morals and they're demoralized, then there's n nothing that is out of bounds for them. You know, they just are just, you're totally able to control them. And you can see that in the society that we have now, like look at LeBron James, like what is he doing for his people? Or what is he doing for anyone? You know, he's a servant of the Chinese communist party, you know, playing ball over there with Joe Biden and all of the other rich celebrities that they don't really realize. And again, Yuri Bezmanov mentions it in one of these segments once they're done, once 
you know, they execute their plan and the government is taken down and, we, you know, we have a communist system in place, socialist communist system in place. All of the, they call them useful idiots, like LeBron James and whoever, all of these celebrities and Kardashians and all of them. They'll, they'll be executed or they'll be kicked off to the side or sent to a concentration camp because their use is over with right now. The only ones that are going to have the good life, as it were, are going to be the people, even the politicians are going to be kicked to the side. And it's just going to be the ruling class. I don't want to go too deeply into this because it gets a little creepy. And I almost forgot. Shout out to Oliver Anthony for that song, Richmond, North of Richmond. Guy nailed it, man. You know, just, uh, it's, it's like the new anthem, man. I mean, yeah, that whole, you know, try that in an old town was cool. You know, good song and great message. But, man, I feel what this guy's singing, man. And I know that everybody else does. So even Rogan was, like, speaking on how uh, how important this song is for the time that we're in right now. You know, this this whole zeitgeist that we're in right now. So much respect to, to him. And his and his song, and he's got really great music. Go check him out on YouTube. It's really, guy's got talent. Isn't even the appropriate word. This guy's got soul, you know. So I continue. People really think this whole thing is a joke, man. And there's so many moving parts to it that, as you look at it in your demoralized state, you have no clue what's going on because you you just worried about what other people think about you, possibly where your next meal might be coming from. All the homelessness, the fentanyl, just the darkness, man, that is is overcast on this country right now with the craziness, man, craziness, craziness. But it's important, man, that the message gets out and that people understand really what's taking place right now. It's not fun and games times right now. People, uh, time to wake up, man, and smell those FEMA camps. So we'll continue. And if you want to see a documentary that will change your whole paradigm, and it's, I only see it on one website, and that's called archive.org. And the name of the documentary is Europa, The Last Battle. I think it's eight parts, and it's got old World War II footage, footage from Russian Revolution. It's, it's horrific, but at the same time, it's a truth that needs to get out there because basically this is the playbook, and this is what's taking place now. So it's on archive.org, and it's called Europa. I believe it's in eight parts, and each segment is about an hour long. So go check it before they vaporize it and take it down forever. The next stage is destabilization. This time, Subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials, economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. 
Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of, of new generation of Soviet assassins, never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Most of the American politicians, media and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. United States is in a state of war, undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system, however ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy. Whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the... Uh, the um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, Nothing ever can help United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to a prison inmates. All this freedom will vanish, evaporating in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of United States population is convinced that the danger is real, they have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Because there is no other problem more burning and, and urgent than to stop the Soviet military-industrial complex from destroying what is, whatever is left of the free world. And it is very easy to do. No credits, no technology, no money, no political or diplomatic recognition, and of course no such idiocy as grain deals to USSR. The Soviet people, 270 millions of, of Soviets, will be eternally thankful to you if you stop aiding 
a bunch of murderers who sit now in Kremlin and whom President Reagan respectfully calls government. They do not govern anything, least of all such complexity as the Soviet economy. So basic, two, two very simple, maybe two simplistic answers or solutions, but never, nevertheless, they are the only solutions. Educate yourself, understand what's going on around you. You are not living at the time of peace. You are in a state of war. And you have precious little time to save yourself. Um, you don't have much time, especially if you are talking about young generation. There is not much time left for convulsions and sexual masturbation uh, uh, to the beautiful uh, disco music. Very soon it will go, just, just overnight. If we are talking about capitalists or, or, or wealthy businessmen, they, I think they are selling the rope on which they will hang very soon. If they don't stop, if they cannot curb their unsettled desire for profit, and if they keep on trading with the monster of the Soviet communism, they are going to hang very soon. And it, they will pray to be killed, but unfortunately they will be sent to Alaska probably to manage industry of slaves. It's, it's simplistic. I know it sounds unpleasant. I know Americans don't like to listen to things which are unpleasant. But I have defected not to tell you the stories about such idiocy as, as microfilm, James Bond type, espionage. This is garbage. Uh, you don't need any espionage anymore. I have come to talk about survival. It's a question of survival of this system. Um, you may ask me, what is it in for me? Survival, obviously, because unlike, I, as I said, I am now in your boat. If, if we sing together, we'll sing beautifully together. There is no other place on this planet to defect to. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational i also have promotional t-shirts if you go to my website alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com you can see the promotional t-shirts there reach out to me also if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast just reach out and see if i can get that done i've been getting some really Great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening. And namaste.